Peace and blessings, family. Welcome to the plug room where you can plug your business, plug your brand. I am your host, Juan Carlos X at Slatestone Music Online, thepluggroom.com. Here at the plug room, we are all about community development, which is building people and linking people with people. Uh, if you find value in this broadcast or stream, let us know in the comments and or share it. If you would like to be a part of the plug room or know someone who should be a part of the network, give us a text to 559-791-8468. Again, that number is 559-791-8468. Just text the word network and we'll reach out to you. But today we have a phenomenal sister or queen uh, by the name of Sister Sajda Wendy Muhammad. She is an urban historic preservationist, a business and real estate developer, a global thought leader, mental strategist, and plus. Uh, but don't take my word for it. We're going to let her tell you exactly who she is and what she does. So again, welcome to the plug room. And without further delay, let me bring up our sister. Assalamualaikum. Alaikum salam, Sister Wendy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm so thank you. Room. I'm getting plugged today. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Thank you. We getting plugged. So I uh, <laughs> definitely look for it. So in your own words, who is Sajda Wendy Muhammad and what are you known for? Hmm. Wow, that's a loaded question, Brother Juan Carlos, because that changes, you know, but it's evolved. However, if you just look at um, who I am in terms of what I do, then um, I'm a business developer. I'm a real estate developer. Um, I'm an urban historic preservationist. I've spent a countless number of years as a business consultant on the corporate level, on a very high end level. Um, and and I do a lot of coaching and training and networking, as you know, for entrepreneurs. Um, I'm a member of the Nation of Islam. So that's one that's part of my platform is plugging us like you do and uh, making sure that um you know, we, we get some advantages. I, I gained a lot of experience out here in the corporate world. And I know it's not for me to be a trophy. It's for me to come back and share with brothers and sisters like you so that we all have an opportunity to sit at a table that maybe we wouldn't get a chance to buy our way into. Because that's really what's going on out here in the world, right? You got all these high-end conversations that are being had about how to get money, how to obtain spirituality, um, how to function on a higher level. And we're not in, at the, in the room, nor are we at the table. And I've been, I've been fortunate to be at some of those tables and um, against the um, advice of some of my colleagues, I, you know, I bring this back to my nation and my people, which is um, why it was so important for me to, to do the acquisition of the messenger's home that we're going to talk about here today. Indeed. Uh, and doing all those things, uh, it, it's it's not amazing. It's I, I think amazing is not a good word, but it's like, wow, you know, just the little bit that I know of that you do and, and being blessed to do by Allah is phenomenal. So uh, doing all those things, Sister Wendy, and having the mind of an entrepreneur uh, series, the Motor Day series and platform, uh, all those high level conversations and what you've done. What was your genesis into that? So my genesis into the whole mind of an entrepreneur um, movement was the, the passing of my father. So my father always called me his little mogul. 
So when I was reading at three and four years old and he was helping me or showing me how to count money and taking me to his businesses with him and talking to me like I was a business person since I was very little. And he definitely recognized my gift in that area. I think a lot of other people thought I was smart, but he saw the, the deep business side of it. And so when he passed, when my mother called and told me, I remember like it was yesterday, it was on a Thursday at about 10 o'clock at night. This was in 2009. When she said it, well, it hit me like a ton of bricks that he was gone um, because it was sudden. We it, it wasn't like we were expecting it. Um, I knew then I something said to me, you now have an angel that, you know, and I, and there was something in me. There was a knowing that told me and I grabbed a hold of it that my career and my life was going to go to another level. And so at that time, I was on the road as a business consultant and I just started doing the podcast. And at that time, um, we were on blog talk radio and I had already been doing some similar things, but I just went for it. I was nervous about talking in front of the camera. I was nervous about interviewing people. Um, I went and became a certified emotional intelligence coach as if I didn't have other things, enough other things to do. Um, but I did that so that I could um, really figure out how do I get past all my sensitivity and all my emotions and put myself in a position where I can do something for self and do better than what I was already doing. And I, and I was doing decently. I was making um, in the mid 200s as a business consultant. So it, it was working but I was just ready for that next level. And so that's how I started. And then that grew into a syndicated show on Radio One. And then after the pandemic, when I moved back to Chicago with the acquisition of the home, um, I started doing the series on, on IGTV because we had planned on making it a television show. So had the pandemic not happened, we were gonna have our own version um, of, of the profit, if you will, where we, we had businesses scheduled that we were going to go in and, and help. And I put a team together. And the idea was that we would literally help you build a business, not just talk about it, but we're going to come in and all the components of the business from marketing to um, accounting, to budgeting, budgeting, to strategic planning, to crisis management, to really putting together your whole strategy. That's what we were going to be doing for businesses on camera, like no joke, hardcore business stuff. And that's what sets me apart from a lot of other podcasters and stuff that talk about business. I can build a business. You want to build one? I can build one right now in 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a gift and a talent. Uh, it really a gift. Yes, ma'am. So leading into uh, from the multi-day series, all you've done, what led you to the acquisition of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's home and SajdaHouse.com. So that was that was Allah, <laughs> um, because I was minding my own business. I knew that there were um, people who were working on acquiring the home, members of the family, and uh, I didn't feel any desire in my heart to be involved, other than to just say, "Hey, you know, if you guys need me to make some suggestions, I'm here." But it wasn't really wasn't really something I wanted to do or planned on doing. And then Allah started um, orchestrating life events, which he so masterfully does when he interferes in our affairs. 
And because he knows, or, or at least I think he knows what choices you're going to make. And for myself, um, if you know anything about me, I also am really big into real estate development and, and building things. So I subscribe to tons of investment and foreclosure and auction sites, and I get pop-ups and alerts. And it was really as simple as sitting there at my desk or coming to the office that morning and seeing down like in the right-hand corner of the screen, a pop-up from one of the apps that I had on the computer. And it said, um, auction, upcoming auction date, 4847 South Woodlawn. And I stared at it, Brother Juan, for probably 30 minutes. Because first I was putting in my head, I said, okay, what's the address of the palace? Okay, what is it? So once I figured that out, because I was so discombobulated, and, and that really later told me that I my subconscious knew that this was something that I needed to do. And then, you know, we went forward. It really was a miracle that we purchased it and got it closed and off the market in time before the, you know, the foreclosure or the auction would have started. Because um, we had a very, very short window and I was not going to be in, in the country. So we got it done, got it closed. And... And I ended up having some metaphysical experiences where I saw the messenger and had these really firm suggestions in my mind and voices in my head. And so it was a real um, interesting period of time. And um, but but I knew from all of those things happening, um, I'm, I'm pretty spiritual. But, you know, when the point where you start seeing people and hearing voices and being moved in this direction, um, in my mind, there was nothing left to do but to just allow. And, and allow is not even the right word. Um, it's just to be, just yeah. to just to be a conduit. And and I said, I said to Allah, I said, if this is what you want for the next stage of my life, um, then I'm here. I'm with it. Chin up, chest out. Let's go. Yes, ma'am. So how being that conduit you mentioned uh, for that energy, having that metaphysical experience, visions, uh, being spiritual, what was the uh, revelation or the aha moment or idea that said you you acquired the house? But what was the uh, moment that said this is what the purpose of acquiring this house is going to be? This is what we're going to do with the house. Um, well, overall, there was no question that I wanted to lift the name of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad and control the narrative or, or help us to take better control of the nar narrative and to monetize it. I'm so sick of them uh, making fun of him because of his domestic life. I'm just sick of that. I'm sick of the Malcolm X story. It's like, y'all don't got nothing else? So this is a man who... Um, you know, has taken many of us, most of us from zero to the stratospheres. You know, this is a man who, you know, got me seeing him and, and whose love is so strong for us that through my connection with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, I love him to the point where I'm seeing and hearing him. So, I, you know, it, it just is his greatness. Um, I knew that I wanted to lift that and I did not want to see that. I had been on a kick where I had noticed how um, 
our, our culture had, was being controlled and monetized by other people and being stolen from us. And so I just said, you know, um, I, I want to help lift his name and build something that, um, inshallah, will stand. And then most importantly for me, what I believed was that there, there, there was an attempt to maybe not include his star student in the house. And so I made a vow to myself that I would enshrine him there with his father. And um, I, I said that out of my mouth to him. And, um, you know, I'll die on that post, making sure that um, he's there with his father. And I, I have a, a vision that I see all the time, Brother Juan Carlos. And um, I see the two of them laughing together and talking all the time. And, um, and sometimes I call it up on my own. Sometimes it comes without me, you know, trying, but that's what, that's what I want for him and for us that the two of them be together. And so this house and the other, um, uh, mosques and businesses that represent him, we, we enshrine them and allow people to see and experience the life-giving teachings um, of, of them both that, you know, came from Master Father Muhammad. So um, that's, that's my mission. Um, I've been in love with them since September 9th, 1990, when I got my ex and probably a little before. Um, I had a number of experiences growing up that I now know uh, were connected to the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And um, I, I'm blessed to now be able to step into what what the rest what my past life has meant all along. Yes, ma'am. Um, great responsibility and uh, a mission that you're on. So uh, all praise due to Allah for that, and thank you again for that. Um, being a part of me being able to help share and uh, help lift His name with the other I believers and with Sister Sajda. Uh, for that reason, for all he's done for us is so uh, not minute, you know, not minimal, but it's important. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's so right. small on the grand thing. Together, right? Yeah. You yeah. just can't. And, and I let me say this to you, brother Juan Carlos, because you know we we didn't know each other. Um, and you. So let me go back. Um, when I first acquired the home, I met with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And one of the things he said to me was, don't worry about where your help will come from. Um, see, he's always casting out demons because that was a demon that was inside of me. That worry, worry is a demon of, I, and, I, and my prayer was always, Allah, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do it. But see, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm just bifurcating my frequency and my energy when I do that. I don't know how I'm going to do it. That's doubt but I'm going to do it. That's positive. So it's like I'm taking one step forward and two steps back. And so that demon, which is going to be something that is contrary to um, the energy that comes from Allah, it was that demon was up in me and he reached right in and said, don't worry about where your help would come from. And I said, yes, sir. And I remember when we left the meeting, I said, I'm not going to worry about it. And so it's been people like yourself, 
who have come forward and said, can I help people like Brother Ben? You know, and I don't even want to start naming names because there's so many people. But um, just in, in talking about you guys and your group, ABS Tribe, just people come forward and say, hey, how can I help? What can I do? And so I am so grateful for you because you don't even know just by reaching out on that DM saying, how can I help? You were answering a call from our beloved minister that you didn't even know anything about. Praise be to Allah. Don't worry about where your help is going to come from. I didn't worry. And so you helped me to, to, to bear witness that his word is truly bond. Indeed, indeed. And always will be, you know, that that's a that's a blessing. Mm -hmm. So um, being in the historic restoration and renovation of the house or the home, for those who may not have known or don't understand what Saj the house is, could you explain or enlighten those who don't know or haven't heard about it? Yeah. So it's interesting because like a lot of our Muslim properties, the house has two names. Right, like Mas Mariam, the National Center. That was probably intentional. This not was not necessarily that intentional. So I named the house Sajda House because um, it, it has been prayer that helped me to work and put me in a position to be able to retain the home. And so all I kept thinking about with the acquisition was prayer, 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 pray, pray, pray connection, connection. And so sajda, you know, the word meaning the adoration or prayer, it's the, the lowest point, you know, in our, our, our prayer movements. Um, it's just all I kept thinking about. My name was not sajda at that time. Um, and so I didn't feel confident that I could name the house, the Elijah Muhammad house, we had a house full of raccoons. It had, you know, it's been sitting there for so long. I just wasn't sure. I said, I don't know if this house can can wear his name. And I and I and my biggest fear was that I would name the house Elijah Muhammad House and then it wouldn't look right or be able to represent him. So I didn't name it the Elijah Muhammad House right away. Um I knew that I wanted, again, like I said, it to be a museum that um, taught the world in a creative, modern way about who he is and the work that he does and how he made the great students that we all know so famously. Um, so I knew that I wanted to do that. I, I knew that we wanted to replicate certain parts of it so that it would look the way it looked when he was there. But I just was not, I was insecure about naming it the Elijah Muhammad House. And then as we went through and did the research and started to dig into it from a strategic standpoint, um, as we started moving towards the National Historic Registry process, I said, well, we, we can do this, inshallah. And then in between that period of time, um, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, um, through a, a, another series of conversations, said to me, that I believe I asked him if he thought that Sajda House was a good name for the project. I think I asked him that. And then he said to me later, um, Sajda is the right name 
for the project and the right name for you. And so that's how the name came about. And then through that process of putting all the ducks in a row, if you will, um, I felt comfortable calling it the Elijah Muhammad House. And so the Elijah Muhammad House is a house museum in the city of Chicago dedicated toward to the upliftment of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. One of the most notable parts of that upliftment will be the economic development piece and the transformation piece in terms of how um, people were transformed and businesses were developed, um, primarily because that's my thing as a, as a businesswoman, but also because people don't know and understand that about him. You know, again, like I said, there's just constant propaganda out there about his domestic life and about Malcolm X. And I just think those stories have been rehashed over and over and over again. And, um, you know, it don't take rocket scientists to do the math. There was not teenagers there. Stop telling that story. That's a lie. You can you can add and subtract. You can do the math. There were no teenagers. And, you know, at the end of the day, he's a Muslim man. And you can look in any Muslim religious text and understand that he was right in line with that. So that, that just pales in comparison to all the wonderful things that, um, you know, he, he is doing now and was doing at that time. And, and, and so I'm so grateful that he lived the life that he lived while he was among us and lives now um, because it has given us a great example it has given us, you know, a, a great brother and our, our beloved brother, Minister Ishmael it has given us the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, because were it not for him, this would not be even a conversation. And so, Brother Juan, all I kept thinking about was, well, my business partner at the time kept saying to me, OK, well, don't get the house. There's going to be some little white kids running around in the yard and y'all going to be driving by point and going, that used to be the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's house. I remember back in the day and I was just looking at him like, would you stop it, please? <laughs> but he didn't, lie. Right. he didn't lie. That was, you know, that was the truth. So anyway, that's that's what the house represents. It honors all of him from the great students like the Malcolm X's and the Muhammad Ali. And of course, his star student, the most the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to not, I, I, not his domestic life, but his life as the great man that he evolved and, and grew into, that that is honored and that's a part of the history. The transformation that took place and continues to take place among our people is a part of the history. The 100 plus million dollar empire that he built as an example for what we could do is a part of that history. The many, many people that he met with that makes that house the most important piece of property in modern day African-American history is a part of that great legacy and that history. And to this day, he's still transforming and saving lives. To this day, to this day. transforming and saving lives. And, and that's a beautiful thing. Uh, thank you for sharing that with us, uh, some of those jewels. Now, with it being a house museum, what are some of the things you mentioned, the business development, sharing the history, the preservation 
of the history uh, in the home of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and some of his students, including his star student. But what are some of the things people can expect from the home, it being a house museum uh, and, and part of that? I'll give you a few spoilers, not all of them, but a few spoilers. Um, we have a a we have constructed and designed a an exhibit form called He Lives. And it's it's rooted in high-end 3D holographic technology, where we'll be able to change the exhibits and 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 let you see some of the activities that happen there um, without altering the walls of this great historic building. So you're talking about 3D screens and films um, that will be there, uh, holographic shadow light boxes and touch tone iPads. But that whole exhibit piece is called He Lives. And my goal is for you to walk out of there saying, wait, well, where does he live now? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so uh, you, and then the, there are parts of it, namely the first floor that we plan to replicate. So it looks the way it looked when he lived there. And um, and then there are, you know, museums also have talks and presentations. And so we'll have some of that happening as well. But all of this will be done in a modern way in a way that has never been done before, um, where we're combining so many different aspects of technology. Um, look for us on the blockchain and NFTs and things like that. Um, just really exciting stuff so that you all will really feel very proud and it'll be hip to be a part of this particular movement. And, and, and uh, you know, um, and I know it's still today. I know when I first came in the mosque, we couldn't come to the mosque alone. So we always had to be fishermen and fisherwomen. And so this is just my um, high-end way of fishing and getting the word out there and lifting his name and just allowing people from other cultures to really, in addition to our culture, but to really learn who this great man really, really, and truly is. And, and what um, accessing his mind will do for you and for us and for our country, um, it's, it's just mind blowing. And so we've got people from all walks of life, all cultures who are excited to come there to learn. Uh, we want, to be, want it to be a safe space for you to be able to do that. It surely is gonna be a high end, exquisite experience. Uh, nothing tacky, nothing raggedy. I'm talking about high end representing the Messiah himself. Indeed. And I'm smiling because uh, when, when you say things like uh, keeping it modern, but preserving the history, mm -hmm. holographic images and boxes and, and touch pads that mm -hmm. tell the story and can be interchanged. And we see where we're going, blockchain, NFTs, mm -hmm. uh, but the preservation of that sacred space you know, also being a net and a hub to bring people in, like you said, exposed to his mind mm -hmm. uh, is mind blowing. And it makes me smile like, wow, because I can just from my vision, see different things. And they're like, oh, that's going to be a one right there. You know what I mean? So, well, uh, we, I mean, it's just it's just it's just next level. Yes, man. Next level. He gave us a whole world. And so we're just cherry picking from that world he gave us and said, hey, let me show y'all this and let me show y'all that. And he has given me such a 
Allah has given me such an extraordinary life as a result of these great teachings um, that I would be wrong to not pull out of myself in an effort to uplift his name because um, my life and my experiences are, are extraordinary and all praise is due to Allah. And were it not for these great teachings, um, I'd probably be all right. I'd probably be, you know, a smart person, maybe working in government somewhere. Um, I was on my way to um, one quick story that a lot of people don't know about. I've tried to leave the country three times to move. And I guess Allah was like, nope, you're not going. You're going to circle around and stay here. But uh, two weeks before I was invited to the mosque, I had applied for and got accepted to an international finance program in France. So my plan was I'm going to the mosque. I'm going to hear the minister. And then next week I'm going to start packing and getting myself ready to go. Well, I didn't go nowhere. <laughs> and, then, and then after that, um, about 12 or 13 years ago, I had accepted a consulting project in Johannesburg. South Africa. And um, I was a friend of mine, I, I owe her the credit. Her name is Tamika. Um, I went by her house to just say goodbye to her and her mom. And I hadn't even told my family yet. So I was like, you know, and Tamika, I'm going to come by Friday. Your family's over there. Because they like were my family away from my family here in Chicago. And she begged me, do not leave. Please don't leave. You know, and I was like, uh, and I, then she said, uh, make a deal. If you find something better here in the States, um, then you won't go. And within a few days, I ended up getting a project with the uh, TARP fund under the Obama administration, uh, was going to D.C. And then I met what became my business partner. And then we built the micro hospital together. And then this last time when I was about to leave, I was on my way to on my way to Africa to put together the plans for this hospital we had been working on. And I was like, I'm out. And then this pop up foreclosure.com comes up. So so I owe Allah. Indeed. Indeed. I, I'm, in debt. I'm indebted. Yes, ma'am. Well, uh, those are those are some interesting stories, you know, that I wish we could expound on, you know, the micro hospital. You know, working under the different foundations that were uh, known and big, the Obama Foundation. But right now, you know, we're talking about the Elijah Muhammad House, SajdaHouse.com. Now, in this process of restoration and renovation, I'm sure that it cost um, some money. My question is, how, not given your business, but how have you been able to generate and sustain and build up um funding i guess you could say for this project i just i've been working um exhausting my savings and um uh i had a number of assets liquidating them uh you know coming up with it and now we are at the finish line finish line is in sight and um i want to continue to do this independently I want us to go into our grand opening, um, not owing anybody anything on the messenger's home. 
um, praying that people would join this struggle with me. Um, I'm three and a half years in and um, about that much in millions um, that I've put in. And um, we've, you know, we're, the finish line is right there. And so what I'm asking for people to do is to make donations. Um, we have these commemorative coins, which I know we're going to talk about. I won't jump ahead of you. Um, but we have a number of different ways that you can participate and to support us um, because the finish line is right there. And I'm grateful for people like you giving me access to additional people outside of my circle. Um, but I, I say it like this. I just been thugging it out. Yeah, <laughs> like a lot of, you know, let's just get this going. And so now I've asked him to um, get me some additional help because we have uh, the final leg of construction to pay for. We have staffing to pay for. And, um, it, you know, we'll be monetizing pretty nicely once we get going. But we just got, you know, just got, I just need somebody to push me over the finish line. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma now, in regards to uh, that finish line that's ahead, first off, thank you for, again, all your dedication and what you're doing out of your personal uh, blessings to push this forward. But for those who don't know about the Elijah coin and what that means and the value of that, could you share uh, with those? Absolutely. So this project of renovation and restoration, and I say that deliberately because it's not a gut rehab. So we are renovating and we've restored um, as much of the property um, as we possibly can. So not going in, tearing up walls, gutting out walls, none of that kind of stuff. Um, and so we didn't throw anything away. We're throwing very little away. So the, these homes like this, uh, this house is 120 years old. Um, there's usually copper gutters and downspouts. And so instead of throwing away that copper, we took it and melted it and made copper coins so that people could purchase and be a part of history and purchase a part of the home, um, which also would help us save money. Because I, I didn't want to be like so many other places that I see where folks just go, Hey, give us money, give us money. But I got skin in the game now, and that's what I wanted. Um, I approached this sort of like the record industry, like how many units have you sold? How much How much skin you got in the game? Well, I got a lot of skin in the game. And um, you, you can match my skin if you want to, but that's okay if you don't. We just ask that you contribute and participate. So what I wanted to do was to create products that would come from the home that we could sell so that those products meant something to somebody. So we take off that copper instead of throwing it away, we cut it and melt it. We created um, two types of coins. This particular coin is a graded coin. Um, this is actually made from the copper from the messenger's home. Um, it, each of the coins have their own registration number. Um, this will be important in the NFT process later on. That's a spoiler alert. So that number back there is really important. Um, there's a limited number of these. Um, and so we have these. And then we have the um, the ones that we made pendants out of. And so a lot of people are putting them on chains. I, I have mine on a chain. I don't wear it today. But um, some people are putting diamonds around theirs. But uh, we have these two different types of coins. Um, and the coin is really beautifully designed. It's got an etched photo of the messenger with 24 stars around it has his name around it, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. 
Um, instead of saying, in God we trust, it says in the name of Allah, it says 2020 and on the back has an etched photo of the home with the star and crescent and the Holy Quran. It says he lived, he lives. And um, at the bottom, it says Sajda house. And then inscribed under he lives is, is la ilaha illallah. There is no God, but Allah. So um, this is um, very special coin, limited number. Spoiler alert, you're going to need this number for some of the NFTs we're coming up with. Um, these won't, these are not graded. And um, the grading process for this is the same grading process that they use when they mint coins. So when the, when the governments of the world issue coins, they send them to international coin graders like we did with this one. And they graded this coin for us, which was an exception. So we were really blessed in this process. And this is a fundraiser. So you can just go to sajdahouse.com, get yourself two or three. Um, of course, you can become a sponsor and make a donation. Um, but there's a smaller price point here um, with, with purchasing the coins. Indeed. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for the coins. Uh, that's awesome. I definitely have to get mine. I hadn't yet, but it's on my list of things to do, uh, which I will. Um, before you go, uh, you, you give a lot in the home uh, or for the size of the house. You give a lot via your series. Um, what are different ways that Sister Sajda Wendy Muhammad gives to the community outside of those works? So one of the, one of my own personal goals, and I'm a firm believer that everybody should have their own personal operating platform. Mine is to be an asset to any and everybody that I meet. Um, I like to treat people like they're already a boss and already a partner. So if there's any way that I can pour into somebody, I do that in my normal life every single day. So anybody who knows me that has a personal relationship with me, they will tell you that that is what I do. So that's my primary way in which I give. And it, even in the healthcare industry, so in every business endeavor that I give, I do, whether it's the healthcare industry or some of the coaching and consulting that I do with the school systems and stuff like that, I go above and beyond to see what I can do to pour into people. And that comes back to me. That's why I was able to have assets that I could liquidate to um, transform into this real estate investment project, um, which is which is a labor of love. I, I don't even like calling it a real estate investment project because it's way more than that. Um, but also with the Black Muslim Business Directory, um, something that's important to me is showing the world how talented we are. We are investment worthy. It's worth it to do business with us. Um, we are of great value to the world. And so showing people that, giving us confidence as business people as we follow his instructions to do for self is very important, very, very important to me. And, um, and so I, I just give, I, I work, I am one of the founding members of the coalition of black house museums. So one of our missions is to support the independent, uh, restoration and development of real estate that is important to underserved communities with, which of course our home, the Elijah Muhammad house is one of them, but there's our history happens on everyday blocks and everyday neighborhoods around the country. And there are so many homes and so many spaces that are historic 
and that means something to our community, but they just go unnoticed and they get regentrified and people move in and don't even know where they're living. And the next thing you know, you know, you see our culture being stolen and somebody else repping our culture that doesn't even look like us. And I'll give you one hint to tell you what I've learned from this, um, brother, is how valuable our culture is and how much money is in our culture. And I've had a number of different people from other cultures who have just tried to buy the Black Muslim Business Directory alone. So that just tells you um, uh, how much value you know we are worth. So I, I, I just try to give back. That's just my motto. Um, when I'm in need, I give. So the more I need for us to help support, get me over the finish line, the more I give. And so something small that may seem small like this um, took a lot of labor to put together. It took a lot to find this coin mentor and the person to put together the coin. Most people who make coins will make coins using their own materials. They won't let you bring a bunch of dirty copper that you didn't cut up and tied with a wire off of your house. All right. So this, this took a lot. The design of the coin, working with um, my brother Tori Muhammad, Imam Sultan Muhammad, uh, Rockman Muhammad, just you know, putting the coin together you know, getting them shipped, um, making sure the numbers were there, working on um, some of the other aftermarket um, or byproducts from this. Um, it's its a lot. Even just taking the coin and not getting them graded, finding the bezel and, and getting it set up, it's, it's a lot. And so I, I just try to give. And so if you get a gift from me or you buy anything from me, just know that um, it probably took something extra to put it together. Yes, ma'am. And my last question uh, before we wrap up this interview is how important uh, to Sister Sajda Wendy Muhammad and all you do is the factor of networking? Wow. Um, networking is so important that back in the day I used to hate it. And I hated it because people were so phony with it. You know, you go to these conferences. I'm the kind of person I never meet a stranger. So I can go in any environment, anywhere, talk to somebody, meet somebody. I can work a room. And but what I found was that when I was in need and when I needed, I thought I needed to be connected. And when I wanted to meet somebody and when I wanted to learn the game and when I was desperate and at my wits end feeling like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. How am I going to, you know, take myself to this next level? I felt like going to networking conferences would be okay. But what I found was a bunch of people who themselves didn't know how to network and it came off phony. So promises that are not kept, people wouldn't follow up. You call them after the conference and act like they don't know you. Um, or it's just a funnel for you to pay to um, become a part of one of their programs that they never, um, they, they really never teach you or do anything to help put you on. And what I found is that our people, brother, need to be put in front of some opportunity and checks. They need to be given the game. And so network is, networking is important. I will say one of the best conferences on networking I've been to has been Dr. George Frazier's Power Networking Conference. Um, I'm, I'm a part of his organization and I'm honored by that. 
But what I feel like is our people need access to the game. We need a seat at the table, but we need somebody to tell us how the game goes. Most of the time we're going off of hearsay. Most of the time we're going off of what we learned in school, which is not designed to make you a boss. And, and let, me, let me just say this. You know, um, there's, there's different levels to networking and there's different um, ways in which you can look at this. You know, because you have to understand when a person comes to you for networking, you got to understand what category to put them in. And I found that at a lot of our black networking conferences, there were some categories that were missing. One, some people come to the networking conference because they want to be a boss. That's what they want. They want to come there so that they can learn how and figure out how to be a boss. Some come and are already bosses. They come already with their money. They come already with opportunity and they're already in a position where they can make their own decisions. Some people come because they really just want to be employees. They want to come. They want somebody else to hire them, put them on, let them make a lot of money for doing um, very little. And they want to be an employee. Um, and then some people kind of are a hybrid of, of any of those three. But what happens when you go to this, these conferences, um, sometimes there's not even opportunity to get a job. There's not an opportunity to um, become a boss or even rub shoulders with a boss. It's just butts and seats. And so what, what I started looking for in networking was opportunities where I could cipher through these folks and meet real people who were really trying to put me in the game, who were really trying to um, make a difference. And then in turn, I will tell you what I, I realized I had to do was in order to find those people, I had to learn that, learn to be that to other people. So if I know you, put you in front of opportunities, put you in front of checks, give you some game, which is why I give away free game every week on my, on my show. It's about, it's about the game. I have the manifestation series where I give away game where I got in. I, they let me in the door and gave me some game. Then I'm leaving out the door and I'm giving it to giving it to y'all. Indeed. Sowing those seeds and, and reaping the harvest from it. Praise be, to uh, praise be to Allah. Thank you again for your time. Thank, Thank you for sharing your value, sister. Uh, before you go, let anyone watching know how they need to plug with you. Yes. how they can support the Sajda House uh, and the restoration and renovation of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's house. Yes, sir. So to support the house, uh, we need your help. We, the finish line is right there. And, um, and so we just need a little boost. You can just go to SajdaHouse.com. You can see the first uh, name in my name that's here on the screen, S-A-J-D-A-H-H-O-U-S-E.com. There you can purchase the coins. We also have some T-shirts if you're at a lower price point. Um, if you are interested in sponsoring, sponsorship levels start at $2,500. You just need to send me an email to sajdahouse at gmail.com, and I'll let you know what sponsorship opportunities are available. The sponsorship opportunities give you a chance to have your name etched in stone in the house somewhere so it goes down um, in history. So whether you're sponsoring a particular room or technology or whatever, that's available. So we got the coins at sajdahouse.com. We got the t-shirts at sajdahouse.com. 
We got sponsorships at SajdaHouse at gmail.com. And most importantly, we need your prayers. Pray for us for abundance, prosperity, and the ability to continue to lift their rightful and beautiful names. Indeed. Again, uh, thank you, Sister Wendy, Sajda Wendy Muhammad, for all you do and for this interview and for your time. And may Allah continue to provide you with the vision, the uh, strength, the favor, the grace, the mercy, and all you do to help lift his name and, and the work that you do in the nation. We appreciate you. Uh, and that's the end of this interview. Thank you so much. And assalamu alaikum. And I, re I received that and return that to you tenfold. Well, alaikum salam, my sister. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. Thank you for tapping in with us today on the plug room. Make sure you visit sajdahouse.com. Connect with Sister Sajda Wendy Muhammad via Instagram and her social media handles, uh, Mo Today Universe. You can hashtag Mo Today, M-O-E Today. Look her up on YouTube, the Manifestation Series. Don't forget to measure yourself to yourself, not to what to others have done. Always strive to be better tomorrow. Do you be honest, be creative, and stay 1000. My name is Juan Carlos Sex, Slaystone Music. This is the plug room. Peace. <laughs>